Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. This time, we're revisiting three ways to involve your managers in your compliance and ethics program. And an episode back in January, I believe, where I gave you three ways that you can get your managers, that vast middle, involved in your program. And I thought it would be worthwhile to revisit that and give you three more ways that you can get your managers involved in your program. I spend a good bit of time on this podcast and when I speak otherwise, talking a lot about how important, how vital it is to have buy-in throughout the organization and in particular have buy-in in the middle management of your organization and how involving the middle, studies show, involving the middle can be the most effective way for you to have a positive ethical culture, reduce incidents of misconduct, and otherwise grow your compliance and ethics program to new heights. One thing that I don't spend a whole lot of time on, and I thought I would do today, is talk specifically about how you might accomplish that, how you would get those middle managers involved. And I'm going to talk about three different ways that you can get them involved, three different things you can do. So the first thing, and it might seem kind of obvious or rote or maybe not too important to some of you, but I think it's really vitally important, and I've seen some situations where it's really made a huge difference, is educate your middle managers about their role. I mean, specifically their role with regards to compliance and ethics. And that might seem rather obvious. I've had some compliance officers and others say, well, they already know that they have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility. It says so in the code. I'm talking about giving them a little bit more than that, more than just the admonishment that you you as, and everyone else is responsible for compliance, but help them understand how vitally important uh, the middle is in a successful program. There's data out there, and I've talked about this before in, in other podcasts and in other, other, other venues, but there's data out there that shows how important managers are in particular around reporting. So I would provide that sort of detail to them, data from the Ethics and Compliance Initiative. Uh, they do their global business ethics survey. It used to be the National Business Ethics Survey every couple of years. Parts of that report are publicly available on their website. It's ethics.org. Provide some some data, some background information. Let them know how important culture is and tie that to their role within defining that culture. Culture is local. That's uh, uh, something that I've said over and over again, and it's really true. Educate managers, provide them data, provide them background so that they understand how the compliance program works, that they under, they understand where all the resources are. Don't just assume that they know uh, because they've signed their certification on the compliance training or the or the code of conduct like everyone else. Provide them an opportunity to learn how important compliance is. So I think sometimes we take it for granted because this is something we live day in, day out, that everybody has the same perspective about compliance that we do. Let's not make that assumption with managers. Take some time, give them a special training as to their vital importance with regard to compliance. It can really make a difference. In one case in particular, an organization brought me in to actually train a group of middle managers about two years ago. And we spent better part of an afternoon, about four hours, uh, walking through the data and the history of the sentencing guidelines and a lot of other aspects uh, that gave them you know, a firm grounding on what compliance was all about and what the expectations were. 
And by the time we were finishing up in this third and fourth hour and we were doing some exercises, they were engaged. They were enthused. They were a little bit stony-faced when we started off early uh, in the afternoon. But by the time we got to the end, they, they were starting to recognize how, how important they are. People like to feel important. People like to feel like they're part of a, a positive initiative. And if you can give managers some background, if you can arm them with some knowledge about how important this role is, I think that that really makes a difference in how they communicate with their staff, how they approach different initiatives, and how receptive they're going to be in the future when you call on them for help. It's really important, and it's often overlooked and or, or thought of as being unnecessary, but it's really not. It's, it's worthwhile either when some, somebody or a group of uh, individuals has been promoted to a new, newly, newly minted manager level. If it can be part of the manager orientation, that's great. Or if it's just a standalone refresher that's every couple of years where all managers have to spend an hour with a compliance officer or somebody else talking about these issues, talking about the data that underlies return on ethics, as we often call it. Arm them with the business case. Arm them with information about how important this is. You can talk about the large failures that are out there. You can talk about Wells Fargo. You can talk about some of these other cases. That's what we typically do when we talk to managers is we give them this, you know, the, the, the negative case. But I would talk about the positive aspects too, about how vital they are, about how the majority of people that observe misconduct want to report to their direct manager. I think a lot of people, that's an eye-opener for them. They don't recognize that that's the case because we know about hotlines. We know about all these other avenues to report, and the managers do too. You know, it makes logical sense, and it'll be an aha moment for them, but they probably don't, don't assume that they know that they're the most important conduit for misconduct reporting in the organization. They probably don't know that. And if you tell them that, if you, if you arm them with, with some knowledge around the resources that you have internally, if you give them some data about how important uh, ethical culture is, it can really be a game changer for those individual managers and make them advocates that they might not have been before. So that's the first thing that you should do. Second thing you should do is come to them with specific projects. One in particular that I've seen happen several times that's been effective is when you're rolling out a new code of conduct or a revised code of conduct is involving those line managers, uh, giving them a preview, uh, sending them an email a couple of weeks before or a month before, or, or you know, letting them know that this, this new initiative is happening and that the code is going to be rolled out, that there's going to be a new training, whatever it's going to be. But, but help them help you build excitement about whatever initiative you're undertaking. Make them part of the rollout process. Again, I've seen examples of this before, particularly around code rollout, where organizations have several different facilities. Well, in this particular case that I'm aware of, the organization decided that they were going to roll it out at each location separately, and they were going to have an event, and they were going to uh, promote the code beforehand, have a short program, and encourage people to, to be engaged with the code. But what they did beforehand that made it so effective is they went to line managers, and they gave them a preview. They gave them some talking points about what was going to happen on the day that they were going to unveil the new code, so that they were already talking about their reports in in their regular meetings about what was going to happen. And it built a sense of excitement. And I remember that the the general counsel who was responsible for this particular uh, project told me it was like a a rock concert (laughs) uh, when they would show up at some of these events and people were enthused and excited. And they had been primed not only by emails coming from 
the compliance officer from the CEO or from the main office, but because the local managers had been, talk- had been talking about the code rollout for a couple of weeks. And so people were interested and they were excited. They were looking forward to the, the content and, and having a discussion because they'd already been having those discussions with their manager. And it, was, it, it really made that initiative much more successful because they had involved uh, local people. And in particular, uh, local managers that were respected. And as we all know, again, the data shows us over and over again, they're the people that the rank and file of organizations primarily look to, not only to report and communicate about issues of compliance and ethics, but they, they look to them for the direction, for the leadership around these issues as well. And so the more you can involve them in a specific initiative, the, the better that initiative is going to take off with the local population, trust me. Third way to get them involved and sort of underlying all the other ways that you need to have your middle involved is making sure that there is as much as possible an objective criteria around their review that includes compliance and ethics as a component. What I mean by that is if you have an annual review process, and these are in a state of flux right now, I recognize many organizations are moving away from more objective criteria, back to more subjective criteria. So this further complicates the ability to, quote-unquote, have skin in the game for for managers around compliance and ethics initiatives and overall the culture of the organization. But as much as it is possible to do so, coordinate with uh, human resources, coordinate with the executives of the organization so that you can come to an understanding that, Being involved in communication, being involved in specific initiatives, understanding their role, having an open-door policy, all the things that you expect from managers are non-negotiable and are part of their role. Another way to kind of key into this and move forward with the idea of them having a specific role is to to carve that out in your code of conduct. Uh, Many codes of conduct still don't have a section that talks about manager responsibilities, so you might consider that as a, as a starting point. I mean, that's not a uh, objective criteria in an in a annual evaluation, but it's, it, it starts by setting the ground rules for what the expectations are. And if you're not going to get there through the review process such that it is at your organization, a good way to get there, or at least start to get there, is to start defining those objectives, just defining those responsibilities independently, doing it in the code of conduct, having separate policies or, or discussions or written materials that talk about their role and their responsibilities. I think this is vitally important, and this is a way that they can be involved and they can have some ownership, is that they understand that, that they're going to be evaluated in some way, whether it's objective or subjective, in their involvement in the program. Now, I'm going to add a bonus one, which is actually uh, a topic that we talked about back in January and that we talk about quite a bit, which is uh, informal communication. But I think it bears discussing again and more specifically today about the role of managers in that informal communication. So I don't want to discuss this topic and not mention it again. So I'm, I'm cheating a little bit, but I did give you three other ones. But this is the bonus, and it is communication, informal communication which is vitally important. Many organizations fail to have regular enough touch points around compliance and informal communication 
manner. We are pretty good. Most organizations are pretty good about those well-publicized initiatives we were just talking about, like rolling out a new code. Those kind of communication efforts that are project-oriented are usually well-represented. Formal training, whether that's code of conduct training or specific risk topic training online or live, fairly well understood. How to put together a training curriculum or a training map, fairly well understood. Informal training, I think this is where a lot of organizations kind of fall down. And the reason they fall down is because there's not a lot of structure around it. And I talked uh, more specifically about that last week. But a great way to get managers involved is to get them involved in this regular communication effort. And I always tell people the way to start this, if you're not doing it now, is to not bite off more than you can chew. Maybe you only select one region or one business unit so that you have a more manageable number of managers (laughs) to address this with initially. Maybe you only have a touch point with them on a quarterly basis for the first year so that you can adjust and you can take a a look at how effective uh, your process is. So you don't need to go in and have a, a fully integrated communication plan that has 50 touch points a month across the entire enterprise. That's probably uh, going to be hard to sustain. But if you start small, if you start very specifically, but you have a plan, a documented plan in place, then you're more likely to be successful. And you're going to have a better chance of being able to evaluate and, and test how effective that process has been. So what I would suggest you do if you're starting from scratch, which many of you are, is, again, highlight a smaller group of managers, uh, one business unit, one region of the world. Highlight four issues for this next year. And then on a quarterly basis, provide some simple materials to all those managers. And it might be simply five or six bullet points on a particular risk topic, whether that's anti-corruption or harassment or how we report, whatever the issue is, uh, keep it simple, have some simple materials that you can provide to that, that subject group. And then the other thing that's vitally important is follow up and evaluate how that initiative went. So if you were talking about a specific initiative, perhaps you coordinate with audit to find out if expense reports are being filled out more thoroughly, if that was part of the uh, information that was disseminated through the manager manager communications, whatever it was. If you can test it to see if that communication made perhaps made a perceptible difference to compliance with that particular issue, I would encourage you to coordinate with audit to, to try to figure that out. Or you can take a survey. You can survey the population of employees as to both whether they retained that information. So you can test them to see if they understood the message, if they understand what the policy or, or process is. Or you can, and you can also ask them subjective questions about the presentation. Did they feel that the manager had knowledge about that particular topic? Were they comfortable coming forward and asking the manager further questions? Whatever that might be. So there are different ways to test it, but that's a vitally important piece. That's another reason why you probably want to keep it small. If you haven't been doing it in the past, you want to keep it small to begin with is so you can go back and, and evaluate the process and see what worked and what didn't and make adjustments uh, before you roll it out more fully across the entire organization. So these are all ways that you can undertake to involve the middle more thoroughly in your organization. And they're all things that you can make some effort to start on initially on your own uh, today and try to more effectively bring these people into your compliance and ethics program. 
Until next time, please, if you have any questions or comments, any topics that you'd like us to cover, please get in touch with us. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. On iTunes, if you haven't uh, given us a review yet, please, we'd love to get those as well. We're always looking for input, so uh, don't be afraid to get in touch if you want to. And until next time, thank you. The upshot this time is three more ways to get the middle involved in your compliance and ethics program include teaching them return on ethics, the business case for compliance and ethics, so that they understand why it's so vitally important and they can become advocates for your program. Secondly, involve them in specific rollout and other initiatives that your program may have. Getting them involved in those initiatives can sometimes mean the difference between success and failure. And third, make sure that they have some skin in the game. Look into how their roles in compliance are defined and look into ways you can work with HR and other parts of the organization to have some objective criteria around evaluating performance with regards to the compliance and ethics program. And as a bonus this time, don't forget informal communication and how vitally important those middle managers can be in communication. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.